So, yes, it is my birthday. You know, if you really want to clap that, hey. Okay, you know what? You sound like you guys already went wine tasting. Actually, speaking of that, I'll, let me tell you about this so you just don't think we're going to take you out and get you all sloshed or something. Uh, the, the point of the wine tasting, well, it's a couple things. This is one of the areas people come to right now to go wine tasting. And if you've never been, you probably need to connect with your community a little bit better. So you want that's part of doing this. We also, in the back, the sign-up sheet for it, if you can drive, you have like a large car. We want a lot of people go together so you're in a community together going together, but also experiencing a lot of what our community has to offer. It's not going to be like normal wine tasting if you've, you've gone with your friends. We're going to actually go and get a couple tours at a couple wineries as well as the tastings, but it's not just to go and like, how many wineries can we go to in four hours? That's, that's not our goal. Okay, our goal is to help you to get better community with each other and understand your community a little bit better in what we do, as well as the wine tasting because that's part of it and it's fun. Okay, uh, great. Uh, now, this one, we're, we're thinking about my birthday. Is this, uh, so John Warren, the guy who's playing bass this morning, his birthday was on Friday, and that's when Carmageddon started, right? And so, like, mine falls right in the middle, and James's wife, Haley, hers is like, I think, like tomorrow, which is when Carmageddon ends. Ooh. <laughs> See, I can already tell a new Left Behind book's coming out. It's all about getting Welcome to Element. If you are new, there are Bibles in the back. If you don't own one, you can have one. If you forgot one, you can use one. There are sermon notes on all the communion tables throughout the room. Uh, if you have a smartphone, you get an app called Uversion and click on live. It'll bring us up by GPS. You will get all the sermon notes and everything this morning. And if you came, I wrote this on my hand so I wouldn't forget. It's in orange, by the way. Uh, if you came to the baptisms and you left your utensils at my house, they are in the back. Take them home, or I will sell them out my next garage sale. That's all, that's all there is to it. Now, uh, since it is, not since it's my birthday, but today in the Song of Solomon, you get to a wedding. Okay? And, and this is a young love getting together. It's their, it's their wedding day. And James uh, just got married last year. He's been married, what, eight months now? So, so I said, James, perfect for you. You get to talk about a wedding, about you and Haley getting married and how it all works together with the Song of Solomon. So this is James. I don't know James. He actually does our youth program here. So, I'm going to do my best not to drink any water at all. If you've seen me peaked before, you know it's awkward. So... I'm going to try to avoid that at all costs. Um, yeah, so uh, I know you guys just sat down, uh, but I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Then you can get comfortable, because I'm going to talk for the next 35 minutes. So, yeah. Uh, this is Romans 15:13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Will you guys pray with me? Uh, God, we just we just thank you for today, um, and that that we get to gather together uh, as a community, God, and and as 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 your church, and and glorify you and worship you, God. Uh, I just pray that you would be here today, that we would learn something uh, about this, that we would learn something about Song of Solomon, God, and that we would learn something uh, about you. Uh, be with us as we go today, and in Jesus' name, Amen. 
Uh, okay, so as Aaron said, Song of Solomon is about the wedding day. Uh, and now lots of people have taken Song of Solomon, as Aaron said, and turned it into a metaphor where it's not a metaphor. Uh, today, it actually is a metaphor because a wedding is just in large part uh, a huge metaphor for the love that Christ has for us. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can open to Song of Solomon 3. Uh, weddings are also lots of fun, so I hope to have fun today. Uh, we'll see how it goes. If my jokes aren't funny, then it won't be fun. But if they are, it will be. So, yay. Uh, and, but in order to talk about their wedding, we first have to backtrack a little bit. Because uh, as we've talked about, Song of Solomon is not in chronological order. And so today we go through this wave of emotions, just like any wedding is a wave of emotions. If you've been married, if you have helped put on a wedding, you know it's just crazy. So we see lowest of the low, highest of the high, uh, and it's just, I mean, lots of blood, sweat, and tears goes into putting on a wedding. And it just, emotions just seem to be intensified in those couple months of leading to the wedding. It's, you know, the, the girl comes in and she goes, okay, the colors of the wedding is blue. And the guy's like, great. And then she goes, okay, now it's deep blue. And he's like, same color. And she goes, now it's green. And then emerald. And then seafoam turquoise. And the dude's like, just pick one. I really don't care. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to wear the tie. Whatever you choose. And then there's a cry session. And then it's lavender. And then purple. And the dude's just like, okay, cool. It's actually, uh, there, there's actually a, a girl in RGC who, who's engaged and she's getting married soon. And, like week after week for the last month, she'd be like, oh, I think I finally have the colors for my wedding. And then last week she came in, she was like, okay, I know I have the colors for my wedding. It's like, that's going to change another four times. I just know it. I just know it. Um, so, uh, I mean, ladies, if you have freaked out about your wedding, women have been doing it for thousands of years, you know. Don't worry, out. Don't worry about that. Uh, guys, if you are engaged or going to get married one day, just get ready. Get ready. It'll be, it'll be fun. Um, and so before she, before the wedding, she has a nightmare, which is, you know, to be expected, a wedding takes a, a huge toll on, on a bride because they have to walk this, this very thin line of, of being nice to their friends, but also making sure everything gets done. It's, it's this line of, I love you, but if you mess something up on my special day, you will be dead to me. So this really takes a toll on her. And she has, uh, she has this nightmare. So, uh, Song of Solomon chapter three, verse one. I'm gonna go one through three here. All night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him and I did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him, but I did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? And so her nightmare here is her biggest fear, that the one that she loves would not come home, that she would be without the one her heart loves. And so in her nightmare, in her dream, she, she dreams that she's married, and, and she rolls over, and she, she extends her arm, and her husband's not there. And so she, she walks around the house, and, and she starts to worry, and she checks the bathroom to see if he's peeing, and he's not there, and... and I mean, she looks for his keys and his wallet and his jacket and his phone, and all of them are gone. She looks outside to see if his donkey's in the driveway, and it's not there. And he, and, and she starts to really, she starts to really lose it here. Uh, you know, she calls his friends, she calls her friends, and and she can't find him. Her heart it starts to sink because she is without the one her heart loves. 
And so she does what any rational person would do. She just starts running through the streets yelling his name. I mean, if you've ever been lost or like had a kid that get lost, they just go, Mom! Mom! And you're like, that, I guess it kind of works, but I don't know how that would work in a city. Uh, but so she does that and she's just running through the streets frantically looking for him in tears, sobbing, and, and these night, and these watchmen, they, they, they pull over. It's like the police pull over and they go, they go, ma'am, are you okay? And she goes, have you seen the one my heart loves? I am without the one my heart loves and it's breaking. I cannot bear it. Verse four. Scarcely I had passed by them. This is the watchman. Uh, and I found the one my heart loves. I held on to him and I did not let him go. So she is overjoyed now. She's, she's thrilled. She found the one her heart loves. She, she like runs and jumps into his arms. It's like the slow motion movie. And, and, and it's glorious. She's just really excited to be with him. And, and I see this dream being one of those dreams where when you wake up, you actually questioned if that happened. Have you ever had a dream like that? Like dreams where I'm fighting a dragon or, you know, part of my favorite movie. I never have to guess if that was real. It's like you never wake up from a dream where you have superpowers and you're like, did I actually fly? No, no one, no one thinks that. Uh, but dreams where, you know, your, your dog gets hit by a car or, or someone that you love dies or, or gets hurt. And, and it's not that a lot of things happen. It's just that it's also very intense. It's also very vivid. Every detail seems realistic. And so you wake up and, and you check the foot of your bed and you're like, okay, check, dog's still alive. Excellent. Or, or you debate whether you're going to call this person who got hurt in your dream just to make sure they're okay. Uh, Aaron, I had a dream about this once and it was a very short dream and I just had a dream that Aaron called me and like yelled at me because I forgot to set the alarm at church and then I woke up and I was like, maybe I should drive to church. I don't know. I, I don't know. And I started to freak out and then figured out it was just a dream. It was a bad one. Uh, but this is one of those dreams. Dreams where, dreams where it, it, she questions if it's real. And so in her dream, yes, she jumps into his arms. But, but I think that the next time she saw him, she jumps into his arms for real life because she just needs to make sure. And here's kind of how I see it. Uh, Haley tells me that, that I'm a safe place to her. My wife tells me that, that she can be herself around me. She feels comfortable around me. She feels safe around me. When I hold her in my arms, that's a safe spot for her. And she likes it when I hold her. She likes it when we cuddle. And uh, most women, they, they like to be cuddled. They like to be held. And if dudes are being honest, they like to cuddle too, okay? Dudes won't admit that because cuddle is not a manly word. Um, so we can just say dudes like to be close with their wife. And all guys be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. No, I don't want to say cuddle. That's, that's girly. Um <laughs> But guys, they, they like to be held. And so guys, uh, I mean, if you're married tonight, when, when you go home, hold your wife, cuddle your wife, and, and not just to get sex, but if it goes there, excellent. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just so she can feel safe. Make her feel safe in your arms. And, and this woman, she's no different. She likes to be held. She likes to be close, and especially when we get to know her past. And like we talked about in Song of Solomon 1, how, 
how she worked out and she worked in the field. She didn't work out in the field. She she worked in the field. She was tanned. She she had a job. Um, she she probably comes from uh, a single parent home. You know, maybe she had no one that she could really be close with. She didn't have anyone that she didn't have to work to try and impress. She found that with this man that she didn't have to try and be someone that she wasn't. He was just amazed with her. And she has a dream where she lost that. And so she jumps into his arms. Guys, I need to ask you, are, are you this spot for your wife? Or are you this safe spot for her? Does she feel safe when she's around you? And, and not just like physically safe where, where she knows that if someone was to attack her, you would, you know, beat them up. Or if someone was to be mean to her, if you couldn't beat them up, you'd run them over in your car. Uh, just, you know. I'm a skinny guy, so I can't beat up a lot of people, but I have a car, so that's, that's good. Uh, but, but emotionally, is she emotionally safe around you? Do you actually listen to what she's saying? Do you, do you listen to when she's expressing her feelings? And, and not only do you listen, but do you care? That's the big thing. It's, it's one thing to sit there with the TV on and have one ear in the TV and one ear on her, but, but do you actually care? You know, are you not judgmental, not mean, not cocky about it, not always trying to present a solution, but are you putting the confidence in her that she needs to feel safe around you? In the days leading up to, to my wedding, to our wedding, Haley told me this a, a few times, and she actually said this to me last night too. She goes, I miss you. And, and at first I was like, you mean you miss me? I saw you all day yesterday and the day before. We're kind of planning a wedding here. Uh, communication is important, not like the guy does a lot, but you know, communication is is kind of important. And, and she'd go, I, I I miss you. And at first, I didn't get it. And, and then I started to kind of put two and two together. It took me a while, um, but it was that she missed being close. She, she didn't get any time where, where we got to hang out, just us. She, we didn't get any time where, where she got to feel close to me, where I got to feel close to her. And she goes, I miss that. This woman is the same. She goes to her fiancé and she goes, I just need to be close. I just need to know I am safe. And safety is a big deal, especially at, at this time, because she's starting to get really nervous. I mean, it's haunting her in her dreams how nervous she's getting. She's worried about what life will look like as a wife. She's worried about what life will look like away from her parents' home. She's worried about what life will look like being a queen. All this is starting to catch up to her. But every time, it always comes back to the same thing. All that matters is that they're together. All that matters is that they're together. And that is something that she is excited about. And so after she has this nightmare, it, it jumps to the wedding day. And I, and I think that it does this because it kind of just shows the craziness of a wedding that, you know, you put all this excitement and all this planning into it, and then it's all over before you know it. And you're like, wow, I don't remember anything. Great. Good thing I got a video. Uh, and so if you're married, I, I want you to think back to that day. Think back to the day you got married. I mean, who was there? What was their food? Do, do you remember what you felt. Guys, do you remember being nervous? See, what's funny about weddings and guys is that dudes who don't get nervous start acting like junior high girls and they just lose it. 
it, it, it's crazy. It's like when she is walking down the aisle, he is shaking in his rented shoes, like almost peeing himself, so nervous about the fact. I mean, dudes who don't pray are like monks. They're like, oh, please help this work out. Oh, my gosh, I'm so scared. I don't want her dad to kill me. Um, and it's just this crazy, crazy thing. It's funny when I'm watching dudes get married and totally lose it. I, I can say this because I lost it, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, no, ladies, do you remember uh, anxiously waiting to walk down the aisle? Do you remember all the planning that, that went into it? When you drive home today, revisit that. Revisit that with your spouse. Make sure your, it, it, make sure your kids know that. Know about your wedding day. And, and for me, uh, like Aaron said, it wasn't that long ago. It was about eight months ago. And, and I was thinking that today it would be kind of fun to, to walk through their wedding, and then I'll show you a bunch of stuff from my wedding. Um, and I got married in an old Nissan dealership which, let me tell you, Haley was thrilled about, okay? Every little girl's dream is to grow up and then get married in an old car dealership. So that was awesome. And uh, we got married here at Element. I was actually right here when I said I do. Uh, and before, you're like, dude, James, like this building's kind of cool, but really for a wedding? There's a huge backstory to it. Uh, actually, I met Haley in the youth room. I asked Haley on our first date in the second row from the back, right there, right hand side or your left hand side. So, so we have this, you know, cool backstory to it. And uh, I just want to show you what a bunch of planning, uh, a lot of hard work can do to a building. So if we could put that first picture up. Um, I don't know if you can see that too good with the lighting and stuff, but this was the wedding. We had chairs here and then tables here and uh, we invited a lot of people, so there are about 180 people here, so we had tables outside too, and people were like standing in the back watching us get married. It was, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, this was the aisle in which she walked down. Uh, you know, very pretty, all the, all the flowers and stuff. I don't know if you can see with this mic, and you know, this was all blocked off, so you didn't see any of the drums or anything. Um, and then, of course, weddings are a celebration, so this is Mama Chris teaching people how to line dance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've been told Mama Chris makes fun of me when I'm not in the room, so now I'll just show embarrassing, embarrassing pictures of her. So, <laughs> If you ever get a picture of me dancing at a wedding, please don't show anyone. It's bad. It's bad. Um, and, and so that was our wedding, and that was lots of fun. We, we wanted to have a party. We wanted to have a big celebration, and that's what we did. And so... Uh, back to Song Solomon in verse 6. This is, this is the she speaking. And, and she says this, Who is this coming up from the wilderness like a column of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and incense, made from the spices of the merchant? Look, it's Solomon. So re- remember last week how, how we talked about him bounding over the hills and he's like this Fabio dude running over the hills in slow motion? Kind of same thing here. You know, He's running over the hills and she's like, yeah. That's my man right there. Um, so she's really excited about being married to him. And, and, and Solomon is going to get his bride right now. And these, and these columns of smoke, these were, these were columns of smoke that followed, song, that followed Solomon uh, so that when he walked through the city to go get his bride, people would see the wedding day is happening now. It's today. Let's get excited. Let's go join the celebration. Drop what you're doing. We're going to go join and we're going to go have a party and it's going to be awesome. And that's what these—that's what these pillars of smoke did. They let everyone know it's a celebration. Drop what you're doing. Let's party. Um, and, and so, a little bit of backstory of how weddings would work in, in this time. Now, you can read about this in your notes too. But 
what would happen is a, as a man would go talk to a young lady's uh, father, and they would work out all the details of the marriage and, and all that good stuff. And then after they're like, okay, yes, this will be a good thing, he would leave, and, and he would go build a house for them. He'd go build a house probably attached to his father's house, and he would build a place for her to nest. He would build a place for them to live so that when he goes and gets her, they can get married and then go to their house. It's kind of a, kind of a cool, cool deal. And so right here, he's done. He, he's built that house. She would sit in waiting, and he would build the house, and, and he's built the house, and now he's going to get her. And he's excited. He's thrilled. He's like, yes, okay, let's do it. Let's go. I am, I am ready. And dudes kind of get like this before their wedding a little bit. Uh, the day of, they freak out. But a couple days before, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to be with my wife. I'm ready to have my wife. Let's do this. I'm ready to be married. Okay. And, and this is what happens. And, and, and this is a huge metaphor for Christ's love for us. Jesus uses the same wording. John 14, 2 says this. My father's house has many rooms. If that... If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, will I, I will come back and take you with me so that you can be where I am. This is Jesus with, with wedding talk. He's saying, I'm going to build a place for you. Then I'm going to come back and get you. Exactly what Solomon is doing. Built a place for them to live. He's coming back and getting her. Now, when Jesus said these words, everyone knew what this meant. Everyone's like, okay, cool. This is wedding talk. Jesus is going to go. He's going to build a place for us. And then he's going to come back and get us so that we can live with him. And today we can. We can live with God. We can walk through life with Jesus. And what happens is we see this verse and a lot of people take this verse and they change it into this rapture talk, which it isn't really. And this is where lots of kind of crazy theologies come into play that, that Jesus will come back on this day and if he doesn't come back that day, we'll just change it for a couple of years and then he'll come back this day. And, and, it, and it, I mean, there's like heated debates in the church about what day he's coming back. And, and whatever your view on eschatology is, if it's pre-trib or post-trib or all-millennial or partial preterist or full preterist or you don't have a clue what any of those words are, we can all agree on one thing. We are very excited about Jesus. We are very excited to be with Jesus. And it's not even the fact that we're excited about the specific judgment day, although you might be excited to never see some people again. Uh, we're very excited to be with him. She is very excited to be with her husband. She says, look, it's Solomon. I, I just see her kind of like a little cheerleader right here. She's got her pom-poms and she's like, look, it's S-O-L-O-M-O-N, Solomon. And it's like, all right, cool. She's thrilled. He's thrilled. This is good. This will be a good thing. Uh, again, in, in verse 7, she goes, look, it's Solomon's carriage escorted by 60 warriors, the noblest of Israel all of them wearing the sword, all experienced in battle, each with his sword at his side, prepared for the terrors of night. So these 60 dudes, these are 60 of, of Solomon's closest friends, his bodyguards, all experienced in battle, all willing to make sure no one messes with him or his bride. And, and do you guys remember in weddings a, a while ago, they used to ask this question, uh, if someone feels that these two should not be wed, speak now or forever hold their peace. You guys remember how they used to ask that? If that question was asked and someone stood up and was like, I don't think they should be wed, these 60 dudes would take him outside and probably cut his throat. They'd be like, yeah, anyone else want to speak up? That's what's happening. Uh, 
<laughs> I just think it'd be awesome. Uh, and, uh, and he literally has a small army to escort his bride and him to their wedding to make sure everything is okay, to make sure she is safe. Now, at my wedding, uh, I didn't have 60 dudes. I had like five or six. And instead of swords, they had lighters in which I bought them for groomsday presents or groomsmen presents. And uh, some of them had flasks. So if someone did say something and try and hurt Haley and I, they could have started one heck of a fire. But that's that's kind of it. That's yeah, that's it. Uh, um, but what these men are saying here, what these guys are armed with swords are saying is we are willing to die to see this union take place. Uh, verse nine continues. Uh, King Solomon made for himself a carriage. Made, he made it from the wood of Lebanon. It's post made of silver, its base of gold. Its seats were upholstered with purple and interior laden with love. Now imagine getting carried to your wedding in, in something like this. A carriage made from the best wood money could buy. You know, uh, a silver post covered in gold. The seats were purple. This is the colors of royalty. This would be like today driving to and from your wedding in a Rolls Royce limo that instead of just being like painted black would be painted, not painted, but like covered in gold, real gold. And it's like, that's crazy. Like he, you know, rolls up to her house. He sticks his head out the sunroof. He's like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Cool. And, you know, there's like a special champagne compartment that like pops out from the seat with glasses and it's chilled and everything. And you literally pick the cow in which your leather seats are made of. All very fine things. The, the best of the best. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It, it's great. Now, I wish I had a Rolls Royce to drive away from, from my wedding in. I had this. Uh... Not quite a Rolls Royce, not quite a limo, Mazda hatchback. It's got a dent in the side and the other side and the back bumper. Uh, so, you know, it was classy. Uh, anyways, uh, she continues. She continues in verse 11. Daughters of Jerusalem, come out and look. Look, you daughters of Zion. Look on King Solomon wearing a crown, the crown which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day his heart rejoiced now come out and, and look she's saying come out and celebrate come out come out and, and 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 enjoy this time with us and and this crown here this is not his his kingly crown this is a crown that most likely his mother made and his mom puts it on him and she just ex, expressed her excitement her joy for her son for this day this would be like today when the mom puts the boutonniere on the on the son right before he's getting married it, it's the same thing she expresses her joy now, one thing that we see in this chapter, the entire chapter, we see this theme of excitement. She is excited. She's so excited. Even in her dream, we see after the nightmare's over, she's excited to be with him. He's excited. He builds a place for them to live. He tries to make this day as special as he can. They're, they're just thrilled. Psalms 9, 19, sorry, 5 says, like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. He's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm good to go. Like a, like a runner before the race. You always see him bobbing up and down. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. This is him. This is her. They're, they're excited. And you see how other people join in the excitement. It's, it's a celebration. Weddings are supposed to be celebrations, are supposed to be excited. These two people are thrilled to be with each other, thrilled to join their lives together, and the people surround them and go, we are thrilled for you. 
And through this whole time, you see this is a huge metaphor for God and his love for us. Isaiah 62.5 says, As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. The Bible often calls the church the bride of Christ. And this, being the bride of Christ, should be an honor that we are excited about. Excited to live our lives with Christ. Excited about how much love He has poured out for us. Now, I know what's kind of weird for some of you guys who maybe haven't heard this before. You're like, excited about being a bride. Dude, I'm not excited about ever wearing a dress. Don't worry, no one wants to see that. I don't even think Jesus wants to see you dudes in a dress. So it's, it's, that's going to be okay. You don't have to wear a dress. Uh, but, but what he's talking about here is the intimacy, is the, is the building a relationship with Christ, is the joy, the excitement, the commitment, the fulfillment that one gets in a relationship with Christ. A, a longing to love God because he has poured out so much love for us already. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were unfaithful to him and continue to be unfaithful, he still loves us. He still accepts us. He's still even excited to be with us. Now, most of the time, we aren't very faithful. And instead of being excited about our walk with Christ, we're more kind of scared because we approach it from a standpoint of unfaithfulness. God's people should be a people of honesty, of purity, of joy, of excitement, because we get to be in relationship with the creator of everything. The creator who loves us, who loves you more than we could ever know. That should excite you that he has gone and prepared a place for you so that we can now live with him. And the thing about this is, is excitement is great and everyone loves excitement. But if you have been in any sort of committed relationship, you know excitement fades. It's just the truth. You cannot be excited every minute of every day. You will burn out. And so excitement is wonderful, but excitement, it needs to move into commitment into a deep commitment. Actually, Eric is talking next week, and he's going he's gonna to talk about this commitment. But through commitment is where love is truly shown. Through commitment, we do things out of love that we might not necessarily want to do, but we do them to show our love. So yes, we want you to be excited, but also we want you to be committed. And Jesus is very excited about our relationship, but also he's shown his commitment, just like the verse we read. While we were still sinners, he died for us. He's shown our commitment to us. And excitement is one of the reasons where every week we come to communion and we take uh, that cracker, which represents his body, which was broken for us, and we dip it in the wine or the grape juice, which represents his blood poured out for us. And we say, thank you. Thank you for being committed for showing me love, for, for showing more love to me than I could ever know. I, I, I'm sorry that I have been unfaithful. Help me to grow, to be more faithful, to be excited. Uh, we also worship God through singing. The band's going to come up and they're going to do a few songs. And, and we sing about uh, joy, joy to have Christ in our lives. 
joy uh, because he has shown us what true love looks like. Uh, we worship God through prayer. There's going to be elders and deacons in the back who, who want to pray with you, who are willing to pray with you. And, and if you're like, James, dude, I've, I've never been excited about my re- relationship with Christ. Go talk to them. Go pray with them. Or, or, or if your excitement has been there but it never transformed into commitment, Go talk with them. They'd love to talk with you. They'd love to pray with you. We worship God through giving. There's offering boxes in the side and in the back. And we give to God because he has given so much to us. We say, God, it's already yours. You've given me everything. Here's some of it back. Through commitment, we show our love. Uh, and then we worship God through fellowship. And, and there's cake, I think, and cookies and coffee and stuff in the back. And, and we encourage you to go, to go back there and, and to meet some people and to get some goodies and, and to hang out and to talk with some people. But also get involved in the GC. Worship God through that, through that fellowship, through growing those relationships. That is where uh, we, we learn and, and we get excited about relationships with others. And then, and then we learn commitment to others too, just like God has commitment to us. Um, yeah, so will you guys pray with me? God, we just, uh, we thank you for today and, and we thank you for, for everything that you have done for us. God, that, that you have poured out so much love onto us, more love that, than we could know. God, we thank you for being committed. God, that you just don't say that you love us, but, but you show us that you love us. That even when we're unfaithful to you, you are still faithful to us. You're still even excited to be with us. God, I pray that, that we would show that same excitement, that others would see our excitement with you. Others would see how, how committed and how excited we are, and, and they, would, they would come to know your love because of the way that, that we live. God, we, we thank you for weddings, how fun they are, how, how enjoyable it is to see two people join their lives together. God, let us be people who long to join our lives to you. Be with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.